Welcome to church. You may be seated. Thank you, team. Maybe stay for a while, Lisa, if you can. Yeah, thanks. In the years that we have been pastoring, probably now uh, 14 years, we've been in full-time ministry, but longer than that, we've been in ministry. Um, It's coming up to about, I think I'm 28 years now as a Christian. And in those years, I've seen different times and seasons. Who can agree with that? Different movements of the Spirit of God, different, different times, different moods, different times. And in that time, I've seen God come. When we first started our church in uh, 96, it was in the midst of a, a great move of God. And God was coming in such a flurry to his church that it was, it was, it was crazy it was messy, but it was absolutely wonderful. And we would come into church at 9.30 in the morning and get picked up by this wave of God. And God would just come and we'd be just, the whole place, we'd be completely lost in God. People would be saved in the middle of the giving message. People would be walking past outside and they'd run in and just fall on the altar crying because the conviction of God was that strong that it was going out the doors. I mean, it was just an incredibly beautiful time, 9.30 in the morning. And then about 3 o'clock in the afternoon, we would have to kick people out. We wouldn't stop for a break. We wouldn't stop for lunch. No one wanted to leave. We would have to say, you have to go home now. We're tired. And the anointing would lift, and then we'd come back the next week. We wouldn't do night services. How could you? Just like... And we come back the next week and it would happen again. It was like that for about two and a half years. We ran like that for two and a half years. And it was an incredibly amazing time. One day I want to sit down and write a book about the incredible things that happened in those days and what God did. But God said at that time, after two and a half years of running like that, I'm going to pull back a bit. And I'm, going to, I'm asking you to prepare the church. I'm asking you to get the church ready. I'm asking you to get teams in place. At that time we had... You know, I think in the first uh, 12 months, we had about 170 people saved. And I'm talking about first-time decisions, alcoholics, prostitutes, drug addicts. It was amazing. We had no new Christian team. We had no team, actually. We just was filling me and the kids and uh, just working our guts out and having an amazing time. And uh, God said, I'm going to just pull back a little bit. And I'm, gonna, I'm asking you to get prepared because get a building, get the place established. Because when I come again, I'm going to come in a way like this but greater and you're going to run till I come back. And so uh, with bated breath over the last years, we've waited for that day when he will come back. And, and, and not to say that God isn't always here. God, God is always present. And God's manifest presence is always available. God's omnipresence is always present all the time, everywhere. But I'm saying there are seasons when God allows himself to come really close to mankind and mankind responds to God. And about September last year, I started to feel like that this season, this season of God coming again is coming upon us. And he said to me, last time I came suddenly, this time I'm coming like a tide coming in. I'm just going to lap up on the people. I'm just going to lap up on the people. And they're going to feel it, but then it's not going to be like, whoa. It's just going to be like, oh, 
oh, this is really nice. And you know what a tide does? It gets deep and deeper before you even realize it. Anybody ever laid on the beach with their towel and everything and you've got a beautiful spot right away from the tide and laying there? It happened to Jamie on holidays a couple of weeks ago, her and Gemma. Beautiful spot, just laying there sunbaking. Didn't realize the tide had come in, just everything written off, towels and everything soaking. Because the tide had come in, they didn't realize it. And I think that's what's going to happen here. That is what's happening here. The tide's already coming in. And for those who are perceptive, prophetic, they would know and they would feel it and they would sense it. There's a time for everything under heaven. The scriptures clearly tell us. Let's have a look at this scripture in Ecclesiastes. And you can read it up there if you like. It would help you. There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under heaven. A time to be born, time to die, time to plant, and a time to uproot. A time to kill, time to heal, a time to tear down, and a time to build up. A time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance. A time to scatter stones, and a time to gather them. A time to embrace, and a time to refrain. A time to search, and a time to give up. A time to keep, a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. And a few days ago, Phil and I were walking in the bush doing our prayer walk and we both got our headphones in and just, we both just listened to worship music and we walk and we pray and occasionally we'll take our earphones out and we'll pray together and say what God's saying to us and we stick our earphones back in and we pray again and it's a fairly long walk right up Chapman Hill and takes ages. And I'm walking along and, and I've got this scripture in my heart. It's just It's playing over and over and over again. And so I just said to the Lord, what season is it, Lord? What time is it? And as quickly as I said it, bang, as quickly as I said it, his voice clearly said to me, a time to seek. As quickly as that. And I said, whoa, that was quick. I must have been so excited that I asked the question. It's a time to seek. And I looked over that scripture and in verse 6 it says, there's a time to search or a time to seek and a time to give up. And I think with many of us over these last three years and prophetically we've spoken about that, there's been times when many of us have feel like giving up in a lot of areas in our lives. It has been probably the most testing three years that I have known as a Christian personally and probably there were many times we just like oh just give up just give up what's the use and prophetically the prophets are saying to us now that from September last year that it's time to seek God because God's going to answer now And that divine delay of three years of things that didn't seem to happen, prayers that didn't seem to be answered, this year is the reaping year of God answering our prayers. But there's a provision to that. And this is what God said to me on that bushwalk. It's time to seek. Amen. Isaiah 55 says this, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. See, I'm saying there are times when God, I mean, God is around all the time. 
But there are times when God really makes himself available. There are times when you think the God of the whole universe, the God of the whole universe has times where he'll just come down amongst his people and come so close that we can feel him, that we can hear his voice like I did on that walk. I just heard his voice like that right next to me. He comes so close. The God of the whole universe comes so close that we're worshiping and all of a sudden we're just lost in an eternal place that we never... Is that right, Ruth? You've had those times in those times where we just feel like we never want to come out. Anybody been in that place with God, they just feel like, I never want to come out of this place. These are the days for that. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. I'm telling you, God needs to be found right now. God wants to be found and God is near right now. There are times when God draws away from us because he wants to make himself seekable. How many of you know that, well, all we have to do is read the Old Testament to know that we as human beings just tend to get a little comfortable and we tend to take God, uh, advantage of God, don't we? Like we get, we just get all, I don't know, human again. And then God has to stir us up again. In the Old Testament, you'll see Moses used to get so frustrated and say, God, know these people and God saying oh just kill them I'm just going to kill them like I'm sick of it every time I turn around they stop you know seeking me and I give them this and I give them that and they whinge and complain and they're never happy and Moses goes no God don't kill them give them a chance and the greatest chance we've ever had is that Jesus Christ came to the earth amen to give us a way to God that we don't have to work at it that we don't have to um, pay a price but the price has been paid and, but God still says, seek me. And there are times of renewal and refreshing that God wants to pour upon the earth. And he's saying, if my people will seek me, if you would seek me, if you would seek me, if you would seek me. It says in Acts seventeen twenty seven, God did this. God drew himself away. God did this so that men would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him though he is not far from each one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being. And I preached on that last Sunday. And if you weren't here, get it. You know, there's times where God just speaks. And even I know that God's speaking. And get that last Sunday night. It's called In Him. Some of us, we may have forgotten, as I preached last Sunday night, how to live and move and have our being in him. Because we get so distracted by life. Look, I'm the same. Hey, human, like human being. We're all human beings. And we get on with life and we get distracted by life and the pressures of life come and and the distractions of life come. And how many of you know, you just get there, you just go, and, and then you come to this place, you go, oh, where's God again? Who is God again? You know, do I even believe in him anymore? Like, he seems so far away. He seems so distant. He seems like he's not even here. And then again, we have to come and we have to draw in. We have to seek him. Psalm 14, 2. The Lord looks down from heaven on the sons of men to see if there are any who understand, any who seek God. Right now, 
God is looking over the windowsill of heaven, just going, hello, is there anyone who's seeking me? Is there anyone who understands what I'm saying? Is there anyone who will seek me until I come? Is there anyone who will look upon my face? Are there any who understand? I've really been encouraged this year, this January, because I have seen the stirrings of hunger again. Even on Facebook, I'm getting a lot of the young kids, you know, like Facebooking me and just saying, oh, Pastor Julie, God is so great and he's so amazing. I'm going to get a couple of those kids to share tonight on what God is doing in their lives and what he's saying. But it just encourages me. You just think, oh, God. There are still some. There are still some that want you. God, please come, you know. And, and it says here in Psalm 24, 6, Such is the generation of those who seek him, those who seek his face, O God of Jacob. This is the gen- Now, this, every generation has to seek God again for themselves. Amen. I mean, it's great to ride on Pastor and Phil's, Pastor Phil and Julie's, Anointing and how we've sought God and we've fasted and we've prayed and we've, you know, been, had our face in the dirt and, you know, we've done everything, paid a great price for this. But the next generation, your mums and dads have paid a price. You know, I think of Sharon Partridge. What a mother. Stand up, Sharon. We honor you. Give her a clap right now. Thanks, Sharon. She is an amazing mum. And she's paid a price for her kids. But if her kids just go wayward and just do whatever they want, what is that? where does that leave Sharon? Everything she's paid for, the next generation have to start to seek God. You've done it not just so they'd be well off, haven't you, Sharon? But you've done it so that they would know God. No greater, there's no greater joy for a parent than to see their kids loving God. Is that right, Gail? Is it? Isn't your Angus doing well? Oh, I'm so blessed for that boy this year. I tell you, I'm on his case too. Oh, yeah. He's, he's coming up. Amen. Sometimes, you know, in God, in seeking God, it, it, we wait for problems, to crisis to arise. Like, you know, who's been watching the floods and, and you see, you know, people that maybe at, you know, a few weeks before, I don't want to know about God. I don't want to go to church. Like, God, who's God? You know, no, I've got my nice house and my little white picket fence here. I've got a boat, you know. Some of those houses that I was watching in Brisbane, multi-million dollar houses, multi-million dollar houses, gone. And, and, and you know, a lot of them aren't insured with floods. And it's just like, Everything that you trusted in, everything that you had faith in, in one day is gone. And then they turn and you see, you know, you see the comments. I heard a couple of comments. Uh, Someone was saying, I'm praying for all the people in Queensland. Someone who's not a Christian suddenly, well, I guess we need God. (laughs) Gee, um, this is a a problem we can't solve uh, by ourselves suddenly. I guess we need God. And so, you know, can you imagine that story that Phil told and that, that little family being swept away on top of their car? Do you think that mum was praying right then, even if she didn't know God? Do you think that she was crying? I do. I know as a mum that if, you know, my kids are in danger, man, I would turn to God even if I was an atheist because you do anything. And, and when you've got nothing else, 
When everything is stripped away, God is all that's left. And I pray that this nation doesn't have to come to that. I pray that this nation doesn't have to come to a place. We have to have crisis and disaster and natural disaster happen so that we turn to God. Because, you know, God is more interested in us than he is in our stuff, in our houses, in our cars. And, and if, that, if those things are keeping us away from God, you know. But if we seek God now, if we as a nation of Australians rise up and seek God now, then the promise shall be fulfilled that we will be the great south land of the Holy Spirit. Not the great south land of disaster and tragedy, but the great south land of the Holy Spirit. But it's up to us, the Christians, to stand up and, and take a stand. Amen. Amen. Psalm 9.10 says this, Those who know your name will trust in you, for you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. Then there are times where we have to just seek God for the church. There are times when we corporately have to say, God, you know what? I can't just turn up on Sundays and expect the pastors to deliver something to me anymore. I need to turn up on Sundays expecting God to turn up. And I'm going to pray and I'm going to worship And I'm going to believe that God is going to come into his house and not just touch me, but touch everything that comes into contact with his holy and mighty presence. I mean, this morning, Vicky gave us, Vicky Davis gave us a word from God. I mean, she's not a prophet. She's not, she's not someone who usually would say, thus saith the Lord. But for two weeks, she's had this scripture going round and round and round the spirit. And of course, she prays for me and Phil because she loves us. She loves us. And so she says, well, I've got to pray for my pastors. I love them. And then she just comes shaking to me this morning. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm no, I'm not a prophet. But I just got this scripture. It's been two weeks and she's so nervous to give it to me. And it's just God. And God just speaks to Phil and I through the innocence of someone who just cares, amen, and loves us. Psalm 27, 4 says, One thing I ask of the Lord, and this is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life and gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. In February, Pastor Phil feels as if God's spoken to him to kick those weekly prayer meetings back in. And they're going to be on Thursday nights here in the church. And really, we're just believing that there will be a hungry people who choose to seek God. Because without prayer, we're going nowhere fast. In fact, without prayer, we're going, we are going somewhere. We're going backwards. We have to come and be the head and not the tail of this nation, the head and not the tail of the kingdom of God. Amen. And you might say this, you might say, I, I don't have the time. I don't have the energy to pray. I don't have the resources to give to God. I've just got to look after me. But if you come to that place and you come to tragedy and, and like what's happened in Queensland and just everything you own is just wiped out in a day, then will you seek God? I oh, we can seek God before anything like that happens. You know, seek God now. Seek God now. 
Many of us are having challenging financial times. If I was to put up, if I say put up your hand right now, if you are credited to the to the max, because we have been such a credit free credit. In, uh, hey, credit crazy. That was the word I was looking for. Thank you for that technical word. Crazy. We've been a check. We've been a credit crazy people. I mean, you know, 40 months interest-free, 25, come, 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 come. And we've all gone, bam, bam. Oh, I can do that. I don't have to pay interest for 40 months. And 40 months goes like that. And next minute it's like, ah. And, you know, and we're all like that. We're all just like, I want it now. I want it now, Daddy. I want it now. <laughs> and we've learned, I think, in the last 12 months or last couple of years especially, that we've learned that we can't live that way that we have to get back to the way our parents lived and pay cash. And God's teaching us to pull things in and, and, to, and to, um, to learn to depend on him for our joy rather than stuff. Matthew 6.31 says this, Do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things. But your heavenly Father knows that you need him. But look at this. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well therefore do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow has enough worries of its own you know i have phil and i in our lives we seek god and we know even when it seems like a hopeless situation god just seems to come and sometimes it's not the great big miracles you know, a lot of people just look for the big things, the big final. You know, if someone just dropped 10 grand on my lap right now, I'd be happy. But sometimes it's just the little person coming along and saying, hey, I bought you some fruit today. Or, you know, or, you know, here's $100 and it's just in time that you need to pay that bill like what happened to us at Christmas. You know, God is just amazing. And I know that he never, ever lets us down. If we seek first his kingdom, he promises that all these things will be added to us. Amen. Our needs and not our greeds, though. Our needs and not our greeds. Amen. There are times also that we need to seek God personally. There are times when our hearts ache for him because we realize the shallowness of life without him. We realize that we've only been giving him just like a part of our heart. And there are many times in my life, and I'm sure in yours too, where you're just going along with life and suddenly you stop and realize, I miss God. I need to spend more time with him. I, I feel empty. I'm, you know, there's a loneliness inside us that only God can feel. He's the only one who knows you. So if you don't spend time with him, you're going to go around trying to find yourself in every other thing and every other person. He's the only one who can satisfy you. And there comes a place in our own personal lives where you say, I know that I need to seek God. Why don't we do that as a church, 2011, say, God, we're going to seek you. We're going to seek you until you come. Amen. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Not part of your heart. Not the leftovers, not the final 10% of the day, but the first fruits, the first fruits of your heart, all of your heart, 
I will be found by you, declares the Lord. See, you get a revelation. It's like you're going along in life and God just stops you. And he goes, Jules, where are you? Where are you? Like, I miss you. Like, you know, you, you're giving me some lip service at the end of each day before you crash out at night. You might read a scripture here and there and you think that you're spiritual. But you know what? My son died so that we could have a relationship. You know, not just part, strangers passing the night. And There's times where marriages get into this place. I know with Phil and I, you know, you have to really work at relationship. After 26 years of marriage, I think these guys were 27 yesterday, were you? 27 years yesterday. That's good, isn't it? That's good statistics these days. But after that long, you know you've got to work at it because, is that right, Dave and Joe? Because it's like, you know, you're going along and suddenly you're just like two people sleeping in the same house. And you've got to stop and go, whoa, I think we need to reconnect here. Like, we've got to get back to basics. We've got to get away together. We've got to, I don't know, have a night at a hotel or something radical to just connect this thing again and look into each other's eyes and remember why we got married in the first place. And I was listening to this um, song the other day, and it says, I remember the first glance. I remember the first romance. I remember the first time that I fell in love with you, Jesus. Do you remember the first time? Do you remember the first glance of him? Do you remember when you first... Don't lose your first love. It's time to seek the Lord. It's time to seek the Lord. And so you get this revelation. God comes and he goes, Julie, come back to me. And in the revelation, then I have to make a decision. Yeah, I'm coming, God. I know I miss you. I'm lonely. My heart's breaking for you. I know that I'm... I know how shallow this world is without you and I can't live without you and I need you desperately. So I get a revelation, I make a decision, but then I have to put it into action. Amen? Because faith without works is dead. There's a place where I have to say, okay, God, I said I would seek you and I get up in the morning and I seek you. I turn off the TV and I play my guitar and worship you. I don't pick up that book, I pick up the Bible and I feed myself on the word of God and I seek him. Amen. Revelation, decision, and then action. Psalm 27 says, My heart says of you, seek his face. So, you know, your heart is saying, seek his face. And then it says, your face, Lord, I will seek. There's a decision that needs to be made. You know, you might be struggling with sin or guilt. And you're just going, every time I try to get near God, you know, I just fall backwards and let me encourage you, Hosiah 10.12, sow for yourselves righteousness, reap the fruit of unfailing love, and break up the unplowed ground. It is time to seek the Lord until he comes and showers righteousness upon you. When you get under the umbrella covering of Jesus Christ, and you seek God and you get in the presence of God, there comes grace on you. There comes an empowering to overcome sin, to say no to sin, to walk away from it. There is the blood of Jesus that's found in that place that separates you from sin, that forgives you and cleanses you and cleanses your guilty conscience and gives you power to walk again. Amen. It's time to seek the Lord until he showers righteousness upon you. See, you're not righteous, not one of us. But when we seek God and we're in his presence, we actually have the robe of righteousness that's placed around our shoulders and it says that we can boldly come into the throne of grace 
through the blood of Jesus Christ. We can boldly go to that throne because at that throne it says grace, 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 forgiveness, forgiveness, forgiveness. But if we walk away from God because we feel guilty, we never come to that throne of grace. We will never reap righteousness. He will never shower it upon us. Amen. And then it says in this scripture that we're reading in Ecclesiastes, it says a time to seek or a time to search. And then it says there's a time to give up. And there's a choice we have. There's only two ways we can go right now this year. We can seek, we can give up. We can seek or we can give up. We can seek, we can give up. You can seek, you can give up. You can seek, you can give up. Give up, not a good option. Seek, good option. Amen. Hebrews 11:6 says, Without faith, it is impossible to please God. For anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who diligently seek him. Whatever situation you're facing right now, seek God. Because nothing is impossible with God. You know, a little while ago, there's a young couple in our church who are fairly new and fairly young Christians. And I would just see them like, you know, always on the altar. And and the girl, I would always see her crying. What is it with these guys? They just seem so broken and so upset and Then when I inquired, I found out that they'd been told by the doctors they'd been trying to fall pregnant for some time and nothing had happened and nothing had worked. And then finally the doctors had revealed that her tubes were completely blocked. There was no eggs going to get through those tubes and she might as well just say she can't have children or do IVF. And so they confided in me and we prayed together. We believe that nothing is impossible for God. We, We made a decision as pastors with this couple that we would choose not to give up, that we would choose to seek God. Is that right? Just come up, guys. I want want them to share a bit with you. This is Dave and Kat. And they're gorgeous looking to top it all off. I mean, God's good, isn't he? Gives you looks and gives you your dreams too. Just, Just grab these mics. Yeah, it's all right. Both take one because I'm going to ask you questions. I won't make it hard, all right? So so that was right, wasn't it? You were coming to the altar, you two. You know, you you haven't even been water baptized yet, by the way. I remember this morning. She didn't want to do it in winter. No, first you had a a sore cut leg and they couldn't get water baptized. Then winter came. It's going to be winter again in a minute. We're going to get you water baptized. But God is so good. So these guys, you were coming to the altar, you were believing, and then we talked, didn't we? And I think I had a prophetic word that said, I see you with a child. Yeah, tell them what, what I said, because I can't remember. It was one of the daughters of destiny, and you pulled me up and said um, that you've seen Dave sitting there with a little boy, a little child. So it just gave us faith to keep praying, and we stuck to it at home and here. And um, yeah, we got told we couldn't have kids, like 100%. And um, kept praying and kept praying and then one day it it was the week before we were actually going to start IVF Dave sat down and he felt like he didn't want to pray for IVF he didn't know why but um, one of the verses came up which is the Luke 1 37 which says like nothing is impossible with God and the next following week um, I found out I was pregnant hang on a sec don't go there yet so you felt like 
look, IVF might be the way for other people. We're going to trust God. Is that what you were feeling? Yeah. Um, yeah, I just didn't feel like it was right. Just put and, that in the um, fallback so you can hear it. Yeah. Yeah, I just didn't feel like it was right. And, like, we've just been praying and praying. And, um, yeah, I just thought there was there was more. That God would um, do. Yeah. And we just about started IVF like they started... Um, they took all the hormones out of yeah. their body, yeah. didn't they? Yeah. So, so to do IVF, they've got to take all the hormones out of the woman's body and then they implant... The like, yeah, then they um, stimulate them, like, with drugs. Yeah. So I was halfway through and, like, on the Thursday, I was going to start the following thing. That's right. But I was already pregnant. So, yeah, yeah. it was like the 11th hour God came So she comes in, she goes and she stands... Yeah. No, don't clap yet because I want to... Yeah. I want to get the story right. Yeah. She comes in and she, she sits in the office, in the IVF office, and they have to do blood tests to make sure all the hormones are out of the body before they can do the rest. And they come back to her and they say, "Um, Kat, you're actually pregnant. You're actually pregnant. Like, it's too late to do IVF. Too late. (laughs) God came anyway. And we were rejoicing, weren't we? We were rejoicing, rejoicing, and then you tell us what happened. So then she started getting pain and oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah um, that part's good. We've mm. we've had a miscarriage in the past, so yeah, we're a little bit scared of the pains and we ended up in hospital and yeah. And the hospital said to you that it was probably an ectopic pregnancy. Yeah. Yeah. And so they they didn't want to tell anyone they were pregnant because they obviously, and so they came. She was devastated. He I was devastated. Yeah. And yeah. you came into church and you're devastated. It's like. Oh no, it looks like it's an ectopic pregnancy. They're pretty sure it is. And so Pastor Phil and I got you guys up the back corner and I commanded in Jesus' name that that egg go down into that womb. Now you've got to understand, this girl has tubes that are complete. They can't even get, you know how the tiny tube of a, of a, of a camera, they, they, they put that inside the tube to see how far they could. No, there was no, the, both tubes are completely blocked. There's no way in, no way out. And yet somehow, this little baby who was meant to live in Jesus' name went through a blocked tube into the uterus and then they had an ultrasound and the next thing was... No, we actually went in um, to the IVF clinic on the Monday. uh, I was with mum and um, they looked at my results and they actually said as well that I'd lost the baby. So, um, That's right, I yeah, forgot about that yeah, bit. Yeah. I forgot so about they that gave, bit. They said they were going to give me and mum like 10 minutes to like get over it. So me and mum are hysterical and I just looked at mum and said, nah, God wouldn't do this to me. It's not right. She's not right. And she actually came back five minutes later and said, oh, I've read the wrong results. I'm sorry, like your babies. Yeah, you still got it. So, yeah. Yeah. Pretty amazing. So they had two hiccups. Yeah. First, they say it's an ectopic pregnancy. Yeah. We pray the baby moves through the tube into the uterus. Then she goes into the IVF place and they said, I'm sorry, but you've lost the baby. We can't find it in your uterus. We'll give you time to process. And, and really, Ruth says it was amazing because Kat usually just goes, oh, she's the one that loses it and just gives up. Because she's, you know, that's oh, your temperament. But something inside her rose up and she remembered the prophetic word. She remembered, no, God said. And she looked at her mother and she said, nothing's impossible. This is what my husband and I are believing. Nothing's impossible with God. I know I'm pregnant. 
And then the nurse walks in and she goes, oops, um, mixed, mixed the reports up, read the wrong report, actually you are pregnant, <laughs> poor kid. <laughs> so we've been waiting, you know, to make sure that this baby is stabilised, but how many weeks are you now? Um, nearly 19. So nearly 19 way. weeks. <laughs> so we have a baby. You want to say anything? Oh, no, that's, yeah, praise God. Praise God. Amen. Let's clap these guys. Thank you. Is there anything you want to say, Cap? Yeah, I'll just, like, just seek God when you yeah. need him, especially nothing can't happen or, you know, everyone else tells you something different. Doctors, like, I don't know, we just, we just cancelled them all out and believed that God could do it. So he did, yeah. So just have faith. Amen. Good on you. Proud of you. Aren't you proud of them? Are you proud of them? Come on. Baby Christians taking a stand for God. It's such cool. We can't wait to hold that little baby. I can't wait to hold that baby. Woo! Matthew 7, 7 says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. The final and the main and the most important reason for seeking God is just because he loves you. For no other reason to come and seek him because he loves you and you love him. Proverbs eight seventeen. I love those who love me. And those who seek me will find me. Let's stand up this morning. Thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit, come. This morning, God, as a church, we want to make a decision to seek you. Why don't you lift your hands up right across this room right now? Whatever you're facing in your life, whatever time or season it is in your life, We need to rise up to the prophetic time. And the prophetic time is this. It is time to seek the Lord until he comes. Seek the Lord until he comes. Don't give up. It's time to seek the Lord. Don't give up. Lord, I pray right now, right across this room, that you would inject us with faith. Inject us with hope. And Lord, let us rise up to seek your face again in the name of Jesus. While every eye is closed right across this room right now, if you're here and you don't even know Jesus Christ, you haven't even taken the step like Kat and Dave did to accept Jesus as your Lord and Saviour. All it takes is one prayer. Say, Jesus, I, I love you. I want you, Jesus. I want my life to go like Cat and Dave's. I want things to go right for me. I need to be on the right team, the right side. I choose Jesus. If that's you this morning, just lift your hand high so I can just pray with you.